0: Friends of Holy Shenanigans podcast. This is Pastor Tara Eastman. And in this season of Easter and New Life, I have been reacquainted with a dear friend from Youth Specialties Days, Lily Lewin. Thank you so much, Lily, for being here with us. You're very welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Lily and I have this connection through Youth Specialties. Years ago, we met in Cincinnati in a prayer space that she Put together for that event. And it was a beautiful way for me to engage with spirituality and prayer in a lot of different tangible ways. And as a creative person, and as a person who was asking a lot of questions about prayer and spirituality, at that particular time, it was really nurturing and helpful for me. So I don't even know if you know that, Lily. But. Oh,
1: that's great. Well, that I was trying to remember where we met originally. So that's really fun. It was, it was at the sanctuary space and the prayer chapel and national youth workers convention. So yes. and I did that for like 12 years. So that's a that's really fun. That's great. And still doing, still creating spaces like that.
0: So we're together to talk about the season of Easter, to talk about season of um, new life, and throughout all of this journey with Holy Shenanigans podcast, what has been behind that is the fact that the Holy Spirit shows up in lots of ways that surprise us. And for myself, I lean into a lot of Celtic practices and Celtic Christianity. And I love the metaphor of the wild goose. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Awesome. (laughs) And so all of these things put together and getting reacquainted with Lily just recently, um, I wanted to share what she does in the world with everybody else in this season of Easter. So thanks again so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Shenanigans is just down my alley. I'm so glad that that's your podcast title. As an Enneagram 7, adventure and shenanigans are kind of my are my thing, and um, I'm a worship curator. That's what I call myself, and I like to help people see what their gifts are and how God can use them in the world, and what I've been doing the last year or so is going beyond kind of creating spaces for people to engage God with all their senses. That's what I call sacred spaces, and that's been through Free Range Worship, which is my website. 20 years ago, I found the word thin place. And we've had a house church community in various states where we've lived called Thin Place. And it was like we came back from England when we first heard this story in 01 or heard the name of this concept of where heaven and earth touch and where the veil between um, heaven and earth are and where you feel God's pleasure. That's what I like to say. Um, Remember the old movie Chariots of Fire? Mm -hmm. Eric Little, who's a runner and he's going to be in the Olympics and his sister doesn't want him to be in the Olympics. She wants him to go ahead and go to be a missionary to China. And he says... I'm going to go to China. I'm going to be a missionary, but God made me fast. And when I run, he feels God's pleasure. His thin place was running. Now, running would never be a thin place for me, um, but everybody's got their thin place. Everybody has a place where they feel God's pleasure. Sometimes it might be cooking. Sometimes it might be taking a walk in nature. Yes, there are thin places where you go, like Iona and Gotland and Ireland, but you can't always go to those places. So how do you give yourself permission to find thin place in your regular life? And so that's how we got to our house church name of thin place and how we help find our thin place in our daily life and give ourselves permission that, oh, if I like to do art or if I like to do music or carpentry or whatever it is, it's that's your thin place with Jesus. you, You can that's worship. That's being with God in doing something he's created you to do. And so now I'm helping take people on adventures like that to discover real thin places on pilgrimage to places like Iona. Uh, We're going in August and then um, hopefully back to California to wine country again, like
0: we did this past year. I am fascinated with the opportunity for folks to both instill thin spaces in their daily life where they are, but also this opportunity to go on pilgrimage. Pilgrimages, that's a practice of christian faith and spirituality forever but not a lot of people go on a pilgrimage and i really believe it's a lifestyle too
1: okay it is a practice that i think we need to add into life i think you can do pilgrimage anywhere in any place it's just having the mindset of how you let god surprise you along the way you know You could go to Florida and not be a tourist. You could say, okay, how can I go and be a pilgrim to this place, even if it's a touristy place? Now, it's harder, um, but it's what does God want me to learn? And what is God going to show me along the way? From the crying baby on the airplane, how is that a gift? Could it be that I need to pray for her mom? Or could I give them some crayons? Or, you know, could I be a little more patient in my life? (laughs) That could be the gift you need to receive with that. But what are the God surprises along the way? And the journey is just as important as the ultimate destination of when you get there. And the people are the gifts. Instead of just staying in your own little world, you were like, okay, what can I learn from the people around me? And so I'm excited about helping people learn about pilgrimage in whatever space they are. Just went on a pilgrimage down to Montgomery, Alabama, a civil rights pilgrimage, and got to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma and kind of look at the history of our country in that way. And that was very powerful. The group that was going was seeing it as an educational experience, which was totally great. But I said, well, what if it's a pilgrimage? So you didn't, you take, then you kind of travel with open hands and yes, you're learning and it is an education, but it is watching what are the themes and what is God doing along the way as you go? And we carry dirt because I'm a very experiential person. So had this thought about carrying the dirt of the place with us as we traveled. And I didn't know that they have a museum where they've taken the jars of dirt that are from where the lynchings have happened. So they have this whole collection of soil from where all the lynchings happened and they're in jars. I had no idea that that was there already. I just knew the Holy spirit had just inspired me to do little Ziploc bags of dirt to carry with us that we dug out of the parking lot at the restaurant near the hotel where we're staying. There are touchable, tangible things I think that we need to help us remember along the way. And that's, I believe, who God created us all to be as pilgrim people. And if you look back at the Old Testament, they were always traveling.
0: Yeah, I think that's helpful because it's not a definition that I have used before for spiritual practices that I have in my daily life. But all of a sudden I went, oh, that's a pilgrimage perspective. Like when I incorporate gratitude practices into my life or I take photos and I write a reflection on it and I share it to my Instagram as a means of my own spiritual practice or to encourage other people or this podcast, being able to give people a space to think about spirituality or faith in a new way, in a way that they can incorporate into their daily life. That's totally great. Yes. Pilgrimage. (laughs) Ha! That's exciting. So, could you tell me more about a personal connection to this place of Iona? Ah. Well, um, I went to Iona first as on a
1: pilgrimage with my family. Um, We stayed with the community, Iona community, there for a week. And just fell in love with the place there. Then took students back on a pilgrimage in 2010 with a friend who does that with students. And then I decided I needed to go back last year and do just as a gift to myself and did an art pilgrimage there. But we found out in the last six months that that's where my family roots are from. It's not Iona proper, but uh, the Isle of Mull, that I have family roots in that area of Scotland. To get to Iona is a real pilgrimage in itself, but it's trains, planes and automobiles just about. And I found out the Isle of Mull that you cross to get to the little island of Iona is where the McNary family is from originally. And that's back in my dad's lineage. And he did his ancestry DNA and found out that that's where we're from. And so it's no wonder when I get off the plane, I actually feel at home. And that's, you know, centuries, you know, that's many, many generations ago.
0: It meant I'm not crazy. I'm just Celtic. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think finding those kind of connections, whether they be ones that are you know in our family histories or in our daily life, those are like such important things for our wholeness. So there's there's a word veritas uh, from Hildegard of yeah. of Bingen. Um, also, you know, hanging out with all of those folks, but that means wholeness. Or greening of mm. life, for that greening to be a part of our daily experience. Another word to define that might be beloved community. You know, there's lots of ways I think to define it, but helping folks to get their heart and hands around spiritual practices and to understand that they don't have to be something far off, they can be as simple as, you know, like you said, the dirt that you're carrying around with.
1: you. I mean, you're talking about taking a walk around your neighborhood. That has become a real prayer practice for me. When we moved back to Nashville, we wanted to move into the neighborhood, you know, that that's in the message. It's like Jesus moved into the neighborhood and we're like, okay, how do we love our neighbors? And we're, we're the gentrifiers, So we were like, well, we need to get to know the people who are here first and how do we love them? And so I practice prayer while I walk the dog. So my spiritual director says, well, you can't just walk with Jesus. And I go, I don't walk just by myself with Jesus around my neighborhood, but I have a dog So get me out in, you know, 90 degree weather and 90 degree humidity in Nashville. But I pray for my neighbors every day. And so I've gotten to know my neighbors. They don't all know that I pray for them, but I do. And I've learned their names. So I pray for them by name as I go by their houses. And I pray for protection over our neighborhood and uh, for relationships and things like that. And that's just become a daily prayer practice that I do. I asked a neighbor today, I haven't seen so-and-so up the street. Is he okay? Because he's usually out and well, his dog, and he's not walking his dog because his dog went to see his grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> but but you notice what's happening in your neighborhood by getting out and, and walking around it. Yeah. It's a really simple practice, regardless of what kind of neighborhood you have, of learning, you know, getting to really know who your neighbors are. Yeah. It makes you want to love them more when you know who they are and what they're kind of going through.
0: So it sounds to me that one of the tools that you use for creating pilgrimage or thin space is your curiosity. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, so this week in the lectionary readings, it is the Thomas story. And I do not call Thomas what many people call Thomas. I call Thomas, Thomas the investigator. I love it. Thomas is curious. Thomas Thomas wants to know and Thomas wants to have a sincere experience with divine and is very direct about it. I really appreciate Thomas.
1: I also think he's kind of a visual learner or a tangible touchable learner because experiential learner anyway because he got to touch Jesus. Show me. Show show it to me personally. I want to see it personally and I'm totally that way. Is I totally remember what I see much more than what I hear. So you can tell me, but show me
0: instead. How do you incorporate that curiosity in the work that you do as a worship curator? Wow. Well, I write a
1: weekly blog for Christine Sign. She has a website called godspacelight.com. And I've been writing for her a thing called Free Range Friday. She does meditation Monday and then has writers from all over the world fill in in between. But then I book in the week with Free Range Friday. And she goes, You ask a lot of questions. And I go, Yeah, because I want people to actually consider what's happening, not just, here's the answer. I think there's too much mystery in my faith to say, I know an answer, but I want you to ponder. I give you things to think about and consider. What do you think about that? What was Thomas, where was he? I want to know where he was that he wasn't in the upper room. You know, what was he up to? You know, I kind of go go off tangents. What was he up to before he got there when he missed the first time Jesus shows up? Right. Right. That's one of the things I do is I make people actually consider and question and ponder, you know, put yourself in the situation, put yourself in the story. Where would you be? Mm -hmm. Who would you be? What are the smells in that room? What was there? Um, And then how can I remember it? You know, what would I what would I do when I when I work with um, teachers and pastors? What do you want the person to take away or what do I want them to remember, you know, and take with them? So there might be something touchable, tangible from the story that we whatever the gospel passage or whatever the story is that we want them to remember. And mm-hmm. so I'll try to find out what is that thing. Um
0: what is what is their bag of dirt that they're going to Yeah, take? what is their bag of dirt they need to carry away <laughs> and remember. I love that. I do. I do. I I also am curious. So you are working on these pilgrimage opportunities. And I know there's one coming up, like you mentioned this summer in Iona and then you have one, I believe in California later on.
1: So we just did one that um, was called Finding Your Thin Place in Wine Country. That was out in Sonoma County at Bishop's Ranch, which is an Episcopal Conference Center. And it's going to be out there again in February next year, around the 10th of February. Um, they have spring there in uh, when everybody else is under snow. They have flowers in February. So it's a great place to go. And I love to show people just thin places that I think are beautiful. And one of the things I was thinking about when you asked about Iona is we need beauty. Um, My friend Kathy Escobar, who's a pastor in Denver, talks about beauty heals. That's her hashtag is beauty heals. And so I've been stealing her hashtag that beauty really does heal us. And after the last three years we've had, I think that we need places of beauty and being able to be out in that beauty and see it, that really heals us and fills our cups up. I talk a lot about we can't keep pouring out of empty cups and that we've had these cups that have been pretty empty thanks to the pandemic and thanks to all the other stuff that's been happening in the world. That's what these retreats and pilgrimages are helping people refill their cup
0: so we can keep pouring them out with love to the world. So there's opportunities to go to places with you. Yes. As the guide. Right. But your own experience um, or spiritual practice or beloved community has changed, hasn't it?
1: Yes we've had a house church called them place that met at our house
0: uh prior to the
1: pandemic happening and we really believe that uh hospitality is the 21st century evangelism so we've had it really at our house around the table and then moving to the living room to do our practices but thanks to the pandemic we learned how to do everything online right the in person church still meets um just not as not as frequently because the group changed during covid and and the demographic changed a little bit but our Tuesday night group is international so we have people who are all over the place. There are a lot of leaders who just need a place that they can get their cup filled up and they don't have to prepare. And I love the practice of Lexia Divina because I always learn from everyone that whatever sermon the Holy Spirit gives to each person, I get to hear and learn from and grow from. And um, I'm always inspired. Even like last night, I was so tired. I didn't even want to host it. And we did. And I was very grateful because I my cup got filled. So, good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I've been in a lot of conversations recently with folks around the existence of the church needing to be or that it is hybrid. Yeah, it is. So like so many parts of our lives are hybrid. Um, I mean, we're having this conversation by way of technology. And without that technology, it would be very hard for us to share this conversation with others. There's lots of ways for us to engage in that hybrid existence, but sometimes folks are like, they're not sure if that's the real experience, right. You know, or, or the technology can be daunting, but as you've navigated both those in-person opportunities and having those gatherings in an online capacity, do you have any advice
1: Everything I do is interactive. So even when I'm teaching in person or leading something in person, it's not just talking, never talking at you. There always has to be some way to interact across the screen or interact with the group that you're with. In our house church that meets online, I give them props to pray with. Uh, They they will have to go find something that relates to the story so that you'll remember the story again. Uh, For Lazarus, that was the gospel a couple of weeks ago. They had to bring a paper towel or a sponge it was about washing and resurrection. <laughs> and um, so when you wash your dishes that you would think about being cleaned up and cleansed again and resurrection, um, something that you'll see again. Yeah, We have a candle lighting thing we do and everybody now has their candles. So you'll watch the people across the as Is they're lighting candles when we, when I light them and they pray, like I'll say, fill us with your hope, fill us with your peace, Jesus, fill us with your, so we light candles together and they repeat that. And yeah. then we, we popcorn prayer the psalm. So I will start a Psalm and they take a verse and if people step on each other, that's okay. And then I get people to volunteer to read the gospel passage. And so we read in three voices and three translations. Um, and then everybody has silence for 12 and a half minutes. After that's over, the alarm will go off and we come back and I'll ask if they want to share. And, um, you know, where did God take you? Because it really is an adventure. It's, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to be the teacher versus me. I get to curate it. So I'm getting the stuff together and and allowing that to be there. But I don't, um, we kind of do it like an an AA meeting where there's no crosstalk. So if you say one thing, you like this, and I don't, that's not what I got. I got this. And that's totally great because that's what the Holy Spirit had for you tonight. And that's how we practice. A lot of the people that are in our group have been followers of Jesus for a long, long time. And it's my favorite thing to see them have aha moments where they have never thought of that, or they've never seen that in the passage, or, oh, that's where I went. What happened in the pandemic was I got more creative, not less, because I was like, oh, with technology, you can put in a link to a song that goes with that scripture, or you can put in, um, Vanderbilt Divinity School does a slideshow to go with each of the lectionary things, and you can use art. So I would put art in, in the handout, but I would also, you know, sometimes borrow their slideshow or create their own. So there was art to look at but links you could use. Um, Then when we went and started meeting back in person, bring your earbuds because um, now
0: there are links in the handout uh, (laughs) that you can listen to instead of just experience quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it sounds like you have um, been able to figure out ways to hold it lightly. And it's always a process. We're always learning. It is. Yeah.
1: Experiential worship and more creative things are a little more messy. And that's okay, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be always perfect. And because we're people, it never can be perfect. <laughs> Allowing people to go, oh, I didn't ever think about this, or what if we thought about that? And then you know, people are able to bring in their gifts to say, oh, I really liked that, or what about this song? Have you ever thought of this? And that gives them opportunity to share even beyond what I thought about.
0: Wonderful. I wonder, Lily, could you possibly tell us why? or how thin spaces became so important to you Mm. because your church or your community is thin space for a very long time. Yeah. I understand the background of, you know, where heaven and earth meet. Well, you can't always go
1: to those places, but we have that need in our heart to be, um, you know, to have that connection with God, I think everybody, even if you don't know God's name yet, you still have that need to feel connected with something bigger than yourself. You know, when we came back in one from finding out about thin place and that that was a thing it was like, what do we do to our house? How do we make our house a thin place? We inherited a bunch of stuff from our relatives and we got a little house. So the television was kind of the first thing you walked into in the room. So we took the TV out. And we started changing the artwork and we're like, we want to start praying peace over the space so that when he came in, it was more sanctuary feeling, you know, this peaceful place versus, you know, let's turn on this or turn on NPR. And let, that was always noisy um, and, and put the television in a different place or cover up the television and only use it at certain times. So we kind of started strategizing of how do we make life more thin place-esque and that became a lifestyle choice. And then wanting to help other people experience that too. Wow. I had cancer in 2014 and that really also went, aha, you, know, you don't know how long you have. I'm grateful to be you know, healed and, and in a good place, but every day is a gift. And so for me, knowing that what is the gift for today and how do I open it? How do I receive that gift? And that helping each person, everybody's got a gift. And I believe God's always handing us gifts, but whether we um, whether we have them, the space to pick them up or not. I give credit to C.S. Lewis. I'm not sure. I've never been able to find exactly where he said it, but I, I give him credit for this quote anyway, is that you can't receive from God when you're carrying too many packages. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep putting down the packages in order to receive new gifts from God. And that's a daily practice because in our world, we get credit for having lots of packages that we're carrying around all the time. We don't get credit for having empty hands to, yes, to, yes. to receive new things.
0: I I remember one time as I was uh, pursuing the Holy Spirit's leading in my vocation and they asked me, you know, well, how would you explain that? And I said, well, I think the best way to explaining this is it's, well, it's impossible one, um, <laughs> but but also I'm holding it lightly because I'm not, I can't say where the Holy spirit's going to call or how the Holy spirit's going to call, but just to respond to that call in that everyday way. Um, And, and I love the idea of taking thin space or sanctuary, you know, and have that be a part of our daily lives for myself Uh, A space of sanctuary or a thin space is poetry. And it probably wouldn't surprise you that I love, love um, John O'Donohue, an Irish teacher and a poet. And as you've just shared about the importance of being present in the day that we are in, I remembered this poem. It's called For Celebration. So I'd like to share it with you. Awesome. And then we can chat about it if you like. Sir. Sure. Now is the time to free the heart. Let all intentions and worries stop. Free the joy inside the self. Awaken your life. Open your eyes and see the friends whose hearts recognize your face as kin, those whose kindness, watchful and near, encourages you to live everything here. See the gifts the years have given, things your effort could never earn, the health to enjoy who you want to be and the mind to mirror mystery. Mm. That's gorgeous. That's perfect. (laughs) Isn't it? That's really great. We do star words. Are you familiar with star yes, words? I am. But why don't you give an explanation for our Well, place? so star words are a practice of
1: choosing a word for the year, but for Epiphany since it's when the wise people follow the star. And so in our practice at Thin Place, we don't just do one star word. We Ooh. do th- we do three. So you get to draw 3 out of our and we did even online where we actually had a bag of star words and we drew them out and everybody got them even in our online practice. But one of my star words is mystery. Woo! So that's fun that that was in that poem. I believe that's been part of my um, growth in my faith in the last 20 years is allowing God to have a lot more mystery than in the tradition I grew up in. Mm-hmm. That it's okay that I don't have answers. And one of my other words is freedom, that there's a lot more freedom in that too. I really do talk a lot about opening gifts, you know, the gift of Sabbath, the gift of rest was I just did this thing for youth group on Sunday night on the gift of rest, but
0: we have to open it. We can't just let it sit there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The package that we have, we should open it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And looking for those, I mean, the surprises, uh, the surprises along the way. um, We were talking about that as a gift of pilgrimages. What are the God surprises along the way? Last year, when I was in Scotland, we walked into this restaurant that was, we thought it was going to be an Asian restaurant because it was kind of the cherry blossom, kind of fake cherry blossoms outside, pink flowers. And we walked in and it was an Italian restaurant and everyone was in kilts because it's Scotland as the waitstaff was in kilts. So really juxtaposition of things. But the pink flowers became a thing where as God surprised us with these pink flowers all along the journey and became a thing all last year. It was like when I was having a bad day or I was like, oh, where is God? This pink flower. And I don't like pink. You just need to know pink is not my color. I'm a blue person. But God just kept throwing pink flowers in my way. And when I was out getting ready to leave this retreat at Bishop's Ranch, I was just praying around the space and thinking I was stressed out. Cause I'm like, okay, I haven't done this before. And is it all going to work out? And I walk into this tree that with these big, huge pink, I can't remember the kind of tree it was, but huge pink flowers. And, and God was like, see, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still doing it. And God uses different things for different people. But for me, for the last year and a half, it's been these pink flowers, which I would have never, that would have not been something I would have picked. Um, because like I said, pink is not my, my thing, but to allow God to
0: surprise us with, a symbol or something that reminds us of his love for us. And sometimes it's the pink flowers. That's not your favorite color or it's (laughs) the dirt that you're asked to carry. But I wonder, Lily, as we get ready to say goodbye in our conversation today, first of all, where can people find you online and learn more about the work that you do?
1: So two websites, one is freerangeworship.com. And that is where you can find some sacred space things. You can download some free things like praying with your cup through Holy Week. Um, And it also gives you directions to find the Finding Your Thin Place pilgrimages. And findingyourthinplace.com is where you can find out more about the Scottish pilgrimage and the next year's one to wine country.
0: Wonderful. That is an exciting opportunity. I love the fact that when you talk about pilgrimage, it's everyday life. And places we go to and pink flowers that we notice wherever we go. I wonder if you have a word of wisdom or blessing that as folks are listening to this today, as they're um, walking through this season of Easter, maybe a word of hope to meet them wherever they are. I think that we
1: need to all be drinking from the cup of love this season that Jesus talked a lot about cups in his ministry. He gave us the new cup of the new covenant at the last supper, but I was thinking about how easy it is to drink from the cup of hatred or the cup of bitterness because of all the conflict in our world and all the pain. But what we really need to be doing is drinking from the cup of his love each day. I even have given out paper cups, you know, that Valentine hearts on them as reminders that we need to be drinking out of the cup of love.
0: And we can choose to do that day practice, but also sometimes I need it hourly. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe we could invite our listeners to think about the water bottle they carry, the coffee cup that they fill every morning, you know, that glass for iced tea as the takeaway (laughs) to remember this thin space practice of drinking from the cup of God's love. That's great. Amen. Amen. So once again, for all of our listeners, I'm just going to read this last of John O'Donohue's For Celebration as a benediction of sorts, but also ascending into the season of Easter. See the gifts the years have given, things your effort could never earn, the health to enjoy who you want to be, and the mind to mirror mystery. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Lily. It's so good to be reacquainted with you and for others to learn about the work you do. And now you are an official holy shenanigator alongside me. Fantastic. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I've loved being with you and we have more to do. Well, I think we have some more adventures to have together. I think we do. Lots of mystery to be mirrored. We go. <laughs> to discover. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Shenanigans audience, for being with us. Blessings upon you this Easter season. May you be well. May you be at peace. And may you carry your cup of love everywhere you go. Amen. Thanks again.